Welcome, you're at OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. This show is about real people battling real mental issues, and experts with tips to help in the battle. If you want to know more, please check out my trailer. Your host is Bob Adelman, and his notes about today's episode follows. Meet Keith Harrison, a police officer in Canada that suffers from PTSD. He has the courage to tell his story as he's still on his road to recovery, like many of us, which includes myself. Keith is a very brave person who has come out to try to save fellow tier responders. To prevent needless suffering due to the epidemic of first responder suicides. And now Bob with Officer Keith Harrison. Keith, how are you today? Doing good, Bob. Uh, Thanks for having me on your show. It's great to have you here. Uh, Could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and why you're here today? Yeah, I am a, a police officer up here in Canada in the greater Toronto area and have been for the last 16 years. My career has been primarily all frontline emergency response, being tied to that radio and responding to whatever dispatch sent me to. You suffer from PTSD. Could you tell the listener a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, I I just thought it was just part of the job really early on in my career with uh, some post-traumatic stress from a call that really kind of impacted me as a young officer, as a young father, um, and how the birth of my three kids. It was a a call involving an infant's death at the time when uh, my ex and I were expecting our first. And uh, I didn't quite get the support that I hope nowadays officers are getting. Seems that, you know, things are slowly turning to getting the support after a traumatic halt. I didn't have anything. I broke down, be able to talk to somebody about my feelings, but it was quickly kind of told me that I had a job to do to get back in there. I'm sorry, what year was this? Early 2007. And uh, it's just something that, you know, it wasn't really discussed with me. We didn't really have, you know, the peer support that uh, is out there now that I'm finding that's available to officers. Hopefully that's being more accessible and more, taken with compassion um, that if somebody wishes to uh, reach out to a resource and the stigmas that were when I was going on and rather than talk about things, just take you to a bar or take you to the back parking lot and drink. When the problem started, did you know that it was PTSD? No, I, I, I did not know what the hypervigilant meant. I didn't know what the panic attacks were, the unable to sleep at nighttime uh, because if I fell asleep, you know, my daughter would die. The nightmares, the, the uh, reviewing of the uh, the call, uh, the guilt, the shame, a lot of the blame that I put on myself because I was the first one on scene. So I was the one that should have done more, or done something different, uh, replaying that. I'm sure you did everything you could. You, you know, you know and, and, I've, and I've been blessed with having the ability to take time away from work um, to focus on my recovery, to focus on my mental health mm-hmm. so that I've been able to, with really fantastic support and guidance and counseling, you know, really uh, rework uh, that traumatic event. You do uh, EFT or EDMR therapy? Um, yeah, so I did a lot of timeline and cognitive behavioral therapy with mm-hmm. uh, my doctors and my occupational therapist doing exposure uh, to different 
uh, venues and areas in which I was avoiding. What areas are you talking about? Uh, areas of the of, of uh, my my division, locations of calls, bridges was one of the big one that I was uh, dealing with because uh, I did have uh, an encounter uh, where uh, I was put in a position where I rescued a, suicide, a young suicidal female off a bridge, and there was a lot of even though it was you know very successful, she, we got her help. You know there was a lot of replaying of me getting pulled over that bridge. Uh, just a lot of uh, things negatively that were that I put associated to that call that uh, I needed to work out because if I was ever in a position again uh, in that in a, in a scenario like that, uh, I felt that it would have been me falling to my death. So my occupational therapist very beneficial. It was very beneficial to me and part of my, my recovery. So how are you doing today? Uh, are you in a much better place? Um, gosh, Bob, there's, there's parts of my day that I can feel that I'm on top of the world and at a, at a state of gratitude and joy, um, that I didn't ever think was possible in my lowest of lows. I even have times where I can reflect in a healthy way on very manic states of depression and very fueled, uh, PTSD, uh, triggers and how I talk to myself as we all unfortunately have this ability to talk the worst to ourselves than anyone else could ever talk to us. And I just, you know, can't believe that sometimes that that was me because I don't really even identify with that person anymore because of my traumatic growth and uh, where I am now. And uh, I'm very, very um, fortunate and blessed to have had the people around me to listen uh, to myself fully in a way where I was not letting that that one demon um, that would tell me regularly to to end it all that I was listening to others because they saw something in me and they were going to be around as long as it took in order for for myself to see what they see in me. So super super fortunate. I always talk about my demons, the little voices in your head that tell you that you can't do things. Uh, I fight that every day, but I believe that the first step for everyone is to admit they have a problem, to step forward and admit they need help. I think if they hear stories like yours, I think it'll maybe motivate them to come out and help themselves. Don't be ashamed. Let's break the stigma. It's important that everyone starts to heal. Uh, yeah, I know uh, when I was uh, struggling, kind of got told that if uh, you were you were struggling with, uh, with mental health or if you were being crazy, uh, you weren't able to be trusted. Um, you were considered a, a broken toy. You were kind of sent away from the front line so that, you know, you wouldn't be able to infect other people with uh, with what you were going through. I know when I was at my lowest, there was a lot of like negativity and I was angry all the time and I was lashing out and it was just me crying out for help in ways that I didn't know what to do other than come out and say it. But then I figured, well, if I came out and said it, then, you know, I'd be committed to a hospital. So um, one of uh, the positions I took when I was kind of getting back into work from my time off, I kind of wanted to uh, showcase what uh, a healthy comparison uh, is uh, to other officers 
to my colleagues who knew me when I was struggling and you know when I re-saw me when I returned they instantly knew like something's changed like hey I don't know what's going on with you but you look good uh you sound awesome you know like what have you been doing and I just took that position to like okay I'm gonna be somebody that is going to be open with their struggles because I know I can feel it and see it in other officers. I think people struggle with this, getting past the stigma that other people might put on it. But I think it's braver to step up and help yourself and help others around you. Uh, I think that's the braver thing to do. I think that there's a lot of uh, conflict between the police and civilians, and I don't believe it has to be like that. Uh, I think if everyone would address their own issues, that together um, we could create a much better society. A anyone who even has a little problem should seek counseling. I mean, did they have a counselor that you could go see? at any time or they don't have anything like that. Yeah. So uh, I'll echo everything you're saying there of all the, the good that officers need to do as far as taking care of themselves and how the yield in which the benefits to the community and to the public would be if we have officers that are working at optimal levels physically, mentally. I was fortunate to get some access to a, uh, an organization that helped me find my doctor and outside the service. I know the service did or does have, uh, you know, EFAP programs, but with my struggle with the sanctuary trauma, moral traumas from the, uh, the service and the compassion fatigue that I had, I didn't really trust my organization, my service to have my best interest because when I was asking for help, I was always getting told now is not the time we need you to kind of, push forward, needs to keep going. We can't lose you. I can't give you away for free. I can't let you come off the road. Um, there's all these uses of officer staffing levels that would prevent any supervisor or management that I would go to that would see me as somebody that was struggling rather than just you know, a number on a sheet on a stat line. So there is an organization up here in Canada called Canada Beyond the Blue. And then right across Canada, there's chapters within different organizations. So OPP, Peel, Durham, York, you know, Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto do have individual chapters, but if you don't have an individual chapter, you can always access Canada Beyond the Blue and they have phenomenal resources. Um, they have vetted clinicians where you can go and seek in your area. The great thing that they've already been vetted, uh, which means they deal sometimes exclusively with first responders and military. I found you know, when I was first kind of looking through the yellow pages and for the guests who don't know what the yellow pages is, that's a big old book of phone numbers outside of Google back in the day. But yeah, no, uh, so when I was looking around, I was really having a hard time connecting with a clinician, connecting with a psychologist, because on top of me trying to get out all my stuff, I was having to explain my jargon that I was using. Um, and, you know, it's language that to other people, it doesn't make sense, but, you know, to people within first responders community, it's, you know, everyday language, it's like an, almost like a second language. So when I got connected with Canada Beyond the Blue and uh, got a doctor in my area, uh, it was something that I found really comforting to know that they were really hearing me and understanding what I was saying and that I didn't have to explain things. And I've been with my doctor for 
four years now. She helped me with all the diagnoses of my PTSD, you know, with workers' comp, when you go off uh, work, having the insurance there so that, you know, I was able to maintain some income so that, you know, my kids would be supported and uh, got me access to even more programs with uh, Wounded Warriors Canada, which is a group that I peer support with on their trauma programs now because I share my lived experience from being being through what I've been through and also uh, for people coming on those programs. Uh, I have been on those programs, so it's more of a peer support to let them know I've been where they are and I'm there to help them out at any turn that they need. So I'm always open to, to talk with officers that I have found are quietly discovering a little bit about me because like I said, I'm not making it quiet. I'm kind of putting it out there and uh, they're kind of coming to me saying, opening up and I'm helping them with anything they need. So whether it be just, you know, finding a doctor, being able to just focus on themselves, uh, if that's stepping away from work completely, you know, just kind of being a, a uh, presence where they feel that they can be heard. So pretty, pretty passionate about everything that I'm decided to do is be that person that I needed 10 years ago. Um, I want to be that for somebody else. A lot of people that I talk to on this podcast want to help people because they don't want them to suffer like they did. Because I think it's important that we concentrate on the problem um, and help each other. Uh, it's about time. Yeah. So it, it, it's a mindfulness that I take every day. Um, I say I have lived experiences. I have living experience with it um, because I know what I need to maintain my state of gratitude. Um, you know, just because I've uh, been through a lot of programs, I've had a lot of healing. Um, you know, I, I still, still, still things piss me off. You know, there are still small triggers there that aren't as big as I were before, but yeah, they, they cut to my moral core. Um, I, 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 I feel things. I, I, you know, I'm still human. I get sad. I get upset sometimes. Yes. Recovery isn't perfect and it never will be. And life is hard, but you don't have to live it with an addiction. You don't have to live it unhappy. Recovery will make you happier. That's it. Simple. So whether it's a medicine or EDMR or some other therapy for PTSD, that's what you have to do right now. Two sides not an option, because then you hurt the ones you love. I don't think you want to do that. But if you're thinking of doing that, go to the 12-step meeting, go to your doctor and ask for medication or whether you need it, and most importantly at all, get some counseling. Keith, is there any place in the U.S. that's similar to these Canadian places that you're mentioning? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more and more about agencies and organizations in, in the States. I know... It's a bit for me to, to digest because with different states and federal and local, there are some organizations, a lot of, I'm looking at more like national levels, but uh, mm-hmm. I would, would encourage anyone who is, who is in law enforcement or first responder, you know, uniform and civilian, that people not be aware of the amazing civilians that work in, in first responders that are so essential to the success of members in uniform, you ever want to reach out and I'm able to kind of help in navigating some searches and some organizations to help you out. I'm there. We have fantastic 
organizations and services up here north of the border that are peer support led. They're boots on the ground. It's an organization that is a 24-hour mental health hotline for first responders that are manned by peer support to help navigate any questions, uh, feelings. Everyone's trained. They're awesome individuals, all peer-led. It was started by a police officer, I believe, in the Peel area, Peel region of, uh, of Toronto. But I think that You know, there's 7 billion people in this world that just want to wake up every day and be happy. At the end of the day, that's all anyone really wants to do is be happy. And I feel that there's so much fear of belonging and accepting that people fear that if they're not living their true authentic self, whether it be, you know, exposing uh, who they are, their likes, their dislikes, their traumas, their feelings, that there's going to be somehow, you know, casted and rejected. And what I've found is that when you really show somebody and you're vulnerable showing a person or meet people and you show complete vulnerability and exposing what you're feeling that is you're gained with like the most acceptance that I feel I've ever had because there's somebody out there that has a mask on just like you that's trying to hide it away not feel that they can feel comfortable letting other people know because when I first kind of took time away, yeah, I had guys calling me up, calling bullshit, wanting to meet up with coffee just so that they could look at me to see if I was like baking or if I was like putting one over or they didn't believe me. Or, you know, when I did talk to guys, they're like, man, I don't know how to talk to you. Like, I just feel like I'm on a call. And I was like, I'm, I'm your friend. Like, I'm, don't talk to me like I'm on a call. Just talk to me like how you'd want to be spoken to. A lot of guys just had that that personal connection that they felt that because it was a personal connection that they could not, you know, step into that armor of policing that we do at times where we like to distance our emotion as a coping mechanism. Cause I mean, a lot of times, yeah, you kind of have to distance your, your emotions. I call that covering up, covering up the real pain. I think a lot of, a lot of people do that. People that are addicted to substance abuse and all that, they're doing that. I mean, I don't know how many people with my problem could survive the way I did. I had a lot of resilience and I kept getting off the mat. But other people probably give up and they do drugs. And this is why we have problems. And I think there has to be a, 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 a much more awareness of mental health in, in everyone because at the end of the day, everybody, like you said, wants to be happy. And they don't know how. They don't know what happy is. Um, it's not money, I'll tell you that. It's having the belief that you're okay, that you're validated. And for me, I suffered for years with ADHD, and I'm like, okay, I'm just a weirdo. I don't know why I'm so strange. And then I discovered through a couple of people and then with the groups on uh, social media, uh, there's a million people out there like me, exactly yep. like me. They're just not the majority. So you don't know how much that helps a person when they finally can say, you know, I was, I did the best I could under the circumstances and that, you know, I, I just feel that people need to do that. They need to get help when they need it. And, you know, this is, this sounds like a, 
a great program that you have. Um, do you also have other, like a website or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so part of my, uh, my dedication and my commitment when I was returning to work, I wanted to be a part of the change for, for mental health for first responders and highlight organizations and services and programs so that now that I have acquired tools, I'm actually not going to keep them to myself. I'm going to, you know, help others with them because my whole job is to help strangers and people in the community that I may never ever see again. Why am I not going to then take those same, you know, tools that I've learned to help myself, to help my friends, my colleagues, people that are going to be doing the job just the same as me and not having to struggle. So I, I started a, uh, an apparel company uh, with its brand focus being for first responders and opening the conversation of mental health and acceptance and eroding stigmas associated to mental health. So I, uh, I thought of different ways I could creatively express that. So I, uh, I came up with, uh, with the creation of Tier Response Apparel Company, um, Tier Response being driven from the dispatch call that requires multiple uh, emergency services to attend a scene or a call. Um, I am taking mental health as that call, as that, as that scene. And I feel um, that if all the emergency services collectively together as a peer respond to that, I've always had uh, very much success coming to successful conclusions of investigations and calls, acting in a tier, doing the lone wolf stuff it is good for a period of time, but humans, we weren't designed to be alone we're supposed to we're tribe mentality we're supposed to be a part of a belonging to a group so my my tier is always open for anyone who wishes to join with the focus that it's to highlight and support mental health for first responders and i donate portions of the sales of the apparel to wounded warriors canada an organization again that i benefited from uh, receiving trauma programs and services that again give back as peer support so they can help fund their programs. And uh, the programs are not just for uh, individual members suffering, they're for their family members, so spouses, couples, their kids, they have warrior camps, children of law enforcement uh, and first responders. They, my kids have seen and heard a lot of my struggles and not really known how to process it. So um, they have fantastic child clinicians and counselors there to help the kids so they can understand, you know, why are mom, dad, the way they are because of the effects of work. How old are your kids? Uh, my, my oldest is 15. Oh, boy. And I got two two birthdays coming uh-huh. in a matter of seven days. So my, my little guy turned seven on Wednesday. Okay. And uh, my, my middle daughter turned 13 on the 5th of July. Oh, so. 13. Wow. So if you had to say one thing, if there's a person out there that doesn't really want to come forward with their problems, what? What would you say that that first responder at, thinks they can tough it out and that they should be macho and all that? Yeah, that's one thing with, you know, getting anyone any sort of support is that you can never be forced because there was times that if assistance and support was forced on me, I probably would have told you to go pound salt. I wouldn't have accepted it because um, you have to be a willing participant. If somebody is out there to listen to your show and they come across this, I want to let everyone know that person know uh, that you are so worth the commitment to yourself and that 
regardless of what their brain is telling them, because our brain in trauma with, with mental illness talks an extreme amount of shit to ourselves, mm-hmm. like so much crap. My brain spoke to me and told me that I was worthless, that I was not worthy, that the, this world will be better without me in it or mm-hmm. on it. Try not to listen to that negative noise and just know that the trauma that, that you are suffering from will not be ended if you choose to end your life. It's only going to be passed. And that's one thing that I'm committed to is never passing my traumas on to others. That's the one thing that I thought of in my car the last day that I was working that I thought that was going to be my only avenue out. I had my note and they were going to find me in my patrol car. That was going to be me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made the decision that I did not want to pass that on to my kids. Oh yeah. That the last memory that my kids would have of me, of my actions last on this earth would be that. And I feel that getting out there, telling people where I had been, I hope will resonate. And to knowing that you are loved by somebody, whether you think it or not, somebody loves you and it will miss yes. you dearly. That's an excellent point. If, uh, if you choose, if you choose the negative, then there is an epidemic in this, in this, you know, culture of first responders, North America wide. And I'm sure it's, mm-hmm. you know, worldwide where we have, you know, officers, great men and women taking their lives, um, thinking that they're not worthy or they feel that they are less. And I just want to let everyone know that you're worth it and someone was going to miss you and that they have been resilient so far in their trauma, in their thoughts. You mentioned earlier, Bob, how you've been through a lot of stuff and you're resilient. My body has taken so much stuff over the years and yet showed up every day for me to push me through my darkest times. And now it's my turn to show up for myself in a healthy way and give back to myself so that I can be a better person for my kids and uh, for the people around me. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, if we all thought like that, uh, what what a paradise we'd be living in. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a great guest. I mean, it's a very important message. Um, I will have this out uh, probably in the next couple of months. Uh, I'm a little backed out, but uh, it will definitely get out there. And I thank you so much for taking this time out to, for such a good cause. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Bob. And if uh, any of your 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 uh, followers and people in your community wish to kind of get in touch with me, I'm always available. Uh, I got social media platforms to your response apparel company. I hang out on Instagram quite a bit as I build my, uh, my website. So uh, at TR underscore apparel co you can learn a little, little bit more about me. Uh, again, what I'm doing to showcase organizations and services, as well as you know, always check out the, uh, the apparel, the tier gear that I have for sale again. Yeah, I mean, you're um, an inspiration. And I, again, thank you very much for taking time out Thanks. to help people. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate those kind of work. Thanks so much. And uh, keep up what you're doing because uh, what you're doing is pretty fantastic yourself. So keep doing what you're doing. I try. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can do.